Hello, Zoe Forsey here. Your normal episode of Pod Save the King will be following shortly, but since Russell and I sat down to record on Wednesday evening, the first leaks from Prince Harry's book Spare have landed. So I wanted to record a quick little drop-in to fill you in with what we know so far from what I'm sure you can imagine is a very busy newsroom. Now, the Guardian newspaper managed to get a copy of the book last night. So about midnight it dropped, despite a huge security operation kind of to keep everything secret however today copies of the book actually went on sale by mistake at a bookshop in Spain so that's why that's where all these details have come from that's where it's all dropped from and Russell has been brushing up on his Spanish I think in the last couple of hours trying to get as much as we can for mirror readers but what I will do is briefly run you through what we know so far and some of the biggest lines. Now, just to kind of clarify before we start, both Buckingham Palace uh, and Kensington Palace have refused to um, comment on the allegations. Uh, but we, that may change. Uh, if it does, uh, you'll get all updates on the Mirror's website. Now, the most, most shocking claim we've had so far is Harry claiming that a row uh, between him and his brother became physical and he's saying that William attacked him. The quote says, William called me another name, then came at me. It all happened so fast, so very fast. He grabbed me by the collar, ripping my necklace and knocked me to the floor. I landed on the dog's bowl, which cracked under my back, the pieces cutting into me. I lay there for a moment, dazed, then got to my feet and told him to get out. He later says that Harry, that William came back again and apologised and looked regretful. However, these are obviously extremely shocking claims, which I've having spoken to Russell earlier as our royal expert, he believes that you know, this this might change the royal family's kind of attitude and motto about never complain, never explain. And he believes that these allegations of violence may mean that William has to speak out. Um, they also uh, kind of in these quotes, Harry shared the nicknames they had for each other. Apparently they called each other Willie and Har Harold, um, which kind of, I think, shows how close they were. Um, Harry has also said that it was a, kind of revealed the quote or the line that Meghan said to Kate, which allegedly started that infamous bridesmaid dress row that we've heard so much about over the last few years. Apparently, Meghan said that Kate must have had baby brain uh, because of her pregnancy hormones, which is something that Kate was apparently very upset about. Um, Harry's also shared a joke that apparently Prince Charles said to, well, then Prince Charles said to Diana after Harry was born, saying that you've, you know, you've given me a spare, my job's done, which is also extremely upsetting. Um, there's also a line Harry also goes into details about the moment that Charles told him and his older brother that Diana had passed away and he accuses his dad of not giving him a hug when he shared this obviously horrifying information. They are the kind of some of the big lines so far. Obviously, there is so much to go through and these lines are dropping as we record. So please do. I do apologize for the slightly chaotic uh, atmosphere of this drop in. I'm sure you can imagine what it's like in the newsroom today. Um, for all updates this afternoon, overnight and in the next few days, keep an eye on the Daily Mirror and also on the Mirror, Mirror's website. And we'll put what we can on our social media feed. Now, also in, in the last kind of few hours, we've had another trailer for Prince Harry's interview with ITV to promote the book. Uh, which producer Dan very kindly done as a sound clip for us now.
Hey, you have railed against invasions of your privacy all your life. But they, the accusation will be, here are you invading the privacy of your most nearest and dearest without permission. That'll be the accusation. That'll be the accusation from the people that don't understand or don't want to believe that my family have been briefing the press. If you're invited to the coronation, will you come? There's a lot that can happen between now and then. But, you know, the door is always open. The, the ball is in their court. There's a lot to be discussed, and I really hope that they are willing to sit down and talk about it. Do you still believe in the monarchy? Yes. Do you believe you'll play a part in its future? I don't know. Now, obviously, there's lots of really interesting points there, uh, specifically about, you know, Harry discussing whether or not he'll go to the coronation. Uh, all our royal sources are telling us that he will still be, you know, he will be invited. However, it'll be interesting to see what develops with that. Now, Russell and I will be back next week uh, to discuss everything in more detail once we know everything that's gone on, once we both read the book. Um, but until then, here is the episode of the podcast that we recorded last night. Uh, as I said, a few bits of it might be a teeny bit out of date now because since obviously the leaks, I think at one point we actually say in it that it's really interesting that no leaks happen have come out yet so we apologize for that uh but yeah hope you enjoy the episode and we will speak to you next week pod save the king hello and welcome to pod save the king the first pod save the king of 2023 i'm your host zoe forsey and i'm joined as always by our lovely royal editor russell myers hi russell happy new year Happy New Year. Thank you for the, the lovely Russell Myers. I will get used to that. Thank you. I've started doing it quite, I've done it quite a few weeks now and I need to, I need to stop it. It's just no, how it. for it. I think it's, uh, we need more of it. It's the lovely Zoe Falsey. But Happy New Year. How are you? Very well. Did you have a nice Christmas? I did. I did. Uh, there's still a lot of Christmas food in the fridge, so I'm not really doing very well on the old, uh, you know, trying to be good on in the new year, you know, new year, new me kind of vibe, because there's still a lot of cheese in the fridge, which I am eating morning, noon and night. So um, well, maybe in I, February. I did the complete opposite in terms of I fully committed to eating absolutely everything between Christmas and New Year's. <laughs> and I've gone full on cliche healthy kick for you know at least the first week of january until i get bored of it and have a burger but it's very much i had a green soup for lunch today oh my lord all of it's it. awful awful well we're the perfect yin and yang there that. we go now we've got an awful lot to get through today obviously we're going to look back at the royal christmas because they were out in sandringham we saw prince louis making his festive debut which was lovely but before that we're going to discuss the trailers uh we've had for Obviously, Prince Harry's book Spare is out next week. Um, he's doing over the weekend two promo interviews, uh, one in the UK and one in the US. And we've had some kind of very dramatic trailers, which I feel I've said, oh, see, this comes just off the back of the Netflix stuff, in which I feel I said dramatic trailers about 30 times. And it is more of that. But yeah, so we've had, what did you make of these trailers so far? Well, I thought they're pretty punchy. I mean, you know, people are expecting this. Uh, well, it's been a long and eagerly awaited memoir. Spare is out on January the 10th, which is next Tuesday. Um, I think it's sort of number one in all the charts at the moment, isn't it? So even that uh, I picked up for half price because it's uh, it's been knocked down to about 14 quid, which I, I don't I don't really know about. Is that is that normal? Is that normal for books to have big discounted rates straight off the bat be, i suppose they have to be competitive with it because everyone's going to buy it and everyone's going to buy it from wherever so i know i think tesco's and wh smith's had it lower but i guess they're fighting with amazon 
So I yeah, guess well, maybe it's a case of, you know, yeah. Off the giant, the giant, unfortunately, that is Amazon. But uh, listen, I think the book is going to be more sort of about his life. Well, there was an interesting piece in the Sunday Times at the weekend, actually, which was very interesting, saying that pretty much the king comes off lightly, that Camilla doesn't really feature in it, um, talks about his relationship, obviously, with his family, but the real person in the firing line is Prince William. And I think the quote said something along the lines of, uh, there will be absolutely no way back for the brothers. It, it's very difficult to see how there will be any sort of reconciliation between them after Harry pretty much labels his brother as uh, as the villain in the piece. And I know that villain has been used a couple of times this week because in the promo um, for the ITV documentary, which, um, which was very interesting because in the Netflix series, we didn't really see too many pointed attacks, did we? I mean, we had Prince Charles is a, oh, King Charles is a liar, uh, even though he was Prince Charles then, but here, uh, my father's a liar because um, he was, so telling porkies at the Suntrium Summit and my brother made me terrified because he was a bully and he was shouting at me and whatnot. So that was pretty much the sum of its parts. We didn't really have the explosive racism allegations and the suicidal uh, feelings from the Oprah Winfrey interview. It was six hours of painting a picture of their lives and why they left the royal family. However, I think this will definitely be a bit more pointed. Um... And then we have the the trailers. And if the trailers are anything to go by, I mean, the fact that Harry claims that uh, the family, we assume his father and brother at the top of the tree of that, showed no willingness to reconcile with him at all and have had basically trying to paint them as the villains because it's better to do that. The royal machine was always against them, constant leaking and placing of stories, which we had him talking about Um during the Netflix series, I mean, it seems as though he's going to go into to, to more depth than that, and the British media are going to come in for a bit of a kicking as uh, as as normal we expect from Harry at the moment. So, um, yeah, I think it's pretty interesting. Maybe if I took two things out of it, the Anson Cooper was a bit more emotional, and there was a lot more sort of bang, 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 pointed explosiveness from the ITV documentary. But of course, we know. Hence the title, 60 Minutes, and Skin Cooper's interview will last an hour. But it's an hour and a half with uh, Tom Bradbury, who um, we know, obviously, Tom has a long-standing relationship with Harry. I mean, he's known both William and Harry for more than 20 years. He did the Sussexes documentary in South Africa. Seems a long time ago, but doesn't seem a long time ago, if you know what I mean. It seems, yeah. though, that was my... So much has happened. <laughs> it's like the, the first time we were seeing the real cracks appear. I mean, that was even, gosh, not even 18 months after the wedding. Um, no, gosh, they got married in the, sorry, the, it was in about six months after the wedding. Wasn't yeah. It? So, and, and I saw another clip today, actually, of Harry talking, which I hadn't, I hadn't seen this, but I saw it in Twitter. Harry saying, you know, we tried to make it work for four years. And I think sometimes they all get a little bit confused because married, you know, engagement 2017, married, May 2018. 18. The wheels are coming off by that tour, which was September, October uh, 2018. And then, you know, then they, they pretty much chucked in the towel pretty soon after that. And it was the turn of 2019 into 2020 that we had uh, January 8th, I remember, because I had just returned from my holiday 
in Australia and I turned on my phone. I think it was the 8th of January. I turned on my phone, got to Heathrow and it literally lit up like a Christmas tree, like bam, 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 all these messages. And obviously they just dropped that Instagram statement and then left just a few, a uh, few weeks later. So pretty much, I don't reckon it was four years. I think the, the, they, were, they were recording videos as we've seen in the Netflix series long, long before they uh, were planning to leave. Or did did announce they were leaving. So, um, did they give it a fair crack of the whip? I suppose if your mind's made up, your mind's made up, isn't it? Now, what I'm kind of hoping for from these, so kind of obviously we've got the book next week, but we'll, you know, focus on that a bit more in a minute. But what I'm hoping for these interviews, I don't know if I'm being unfair here, but I would say lots of the interviews that we've seen with Harry and Meghan since have seemed quite friendly. Is that the right term to use in terms well, yeah, of Oprah yeah, no, didn't yeah. bring them up on many of the points, you know, several of the points they made in the Oprah interviews, they directly contradicted each other in terms of what they said. And as you said, the dates didn't quite match up. I'm really hoping that these two interviews, because they are by more kind of, you know, you know, the, the, the journalists doing them are very experienced. And I'm hoping they kind of pull up certain points. And because, you know, lots of the discussions we've had since are being like, well, actually, this, this is wrong, this you know, this contradicts something they've said before, this isn't that. And I'm hoping that perhaps we get some of those questions answered because that's what I've always found having watched, all, you know, every other interview that I kind of tend to come away with them with more questions than I started with. So I'm yeah, really hoping no. that those chats might settle some of those points. Yeah, I think you're right because, I mean, for, for all um, as amazing that she is and incredible broadcaster, Oprah Winfrey did not ask the real pointed questions and challenge them on some of their, in quotes, their truths, which is, I mean, Oprah Winfrey is using that, and it's frankly a ludicrous um, phrase, isn't it? Because there, they, there is there is a truth, I suppose there are two sides to every story, but I think that there wasn't any, there was nobody challenged them on the real points of, do you think, do you think you could have acted differently? Do you think that you did blindside the Queen or, or, or just take take apart some of the arguments that they were putting forward? That pretty much as soon as that uh, article where that um, interview was aired, you scratched the surface of a lot of it. And there was a, a lot of holes in um, in a lot of their arguments or their truths that were put forward. So uh, I do think Tom Bradby, because he is, is a you know, former political editor of ITV News, uh, a serious journalist, he's the anchor of uh, ITN News at 10, and so, uh, as well as Anderson Cooper, I mean, Anderson Cooper is a, a, a correspondent who has been versed in, in many things, not just his conversations with the royal family, but also, uh, I mean, he's covered the weddings, um, but also he's, he's been done war zones, he's won uh, Emmys and a very celebrated journalist, not only in the US, but abroad. So one would hope there will be a bit more introspection from Harry as well, because we certainly didn't see that in the Netflix series. So we've obviously got those interviews over the weekend. Uh, they will obviously will have all the roundups for those in the Daily Mirror and the, kind of the days after. Also online, we're going to be live blogging it all through the evening and all through the night. So if you're not able to watch it, because I know that the US interview isn't, you can't watch it in the UK and vice versa. So, you know, Keep an eye on our website if you want to keep track of it at all. But obviously the book is out next week and that is something that has come around quite terrifyingly quickly. I remember when the publishers announced the date of it. You know, when it always happens with the things in the first few weeks of January, doesn't it? You get, oh, it's next year. 
that's a problem for later on. <laughs> and it's appeared very quickly. Um, obviously, from a work point, I'm very excited to read it. I think it's going to be really interesting. I'm also quite nervous about the day itself because it's going to be one of these chaotic, crazy news days where we kind of we're all frantically trying to read the book along with everyone else to make sure we get the best lines from it. Um, but I'm assuming you're kind of feeling the same. But from the Times article, the bit that I'm actually probably most interested to read, because I was quite surprised to see that Princess Kate is said to kind of come in for a bit of a bit of criticism and a bit of the kicking as well, we think, don't we? Whereas normally she's been... Well, she's been left alone. I mean, sort yeah, of, yeah there's, their, their relationship has... You know, spoken for itself in in years gone by, hasn't it? It was always considered to be really strong. I think I wrote a story a few years ago about how Kate had tried to bring the brothers together at a meeting at Frogmore. Um, she was the the catalyst of to really try and knock their heads together, as you would imagine a a spouse of two warring siblings to say, "Listen, blood thicker than water, and all that. You gotta you gotta try and keep uh, keep your your bond with your siblings on track." But yeah, it does seem that there is um, there, there is going to be a, a few fireworks in Kate's direction as well, which is quite surprising considering how close they were. But yeah, I listen, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be uh, a great read. Um, I, did, I, ha- I have read Andre Agassi's um, auto- autobiography by memoir Open by J.L. Mowbringer, which, which was searingly honest. I mean, talking about uh, taking drugs and... The, the fact of his life spiraling out of control, and I, I imagine that will will be um, you'll have that that honesty level from Harry. And and again, I think I've, I said this before. I said this before earlier, but it needs that level of introspection. It needs it needs Harry to say, "Listen, we we didn't do things uh, entirely the right way, and if there was my time again, I would have done some things differently." But we would have. We would have probably uh, been in the same position where we are now. And he said in the past, he, he's one thing he would have done differently is, pro- is probably speak up for for Megan and the misogyny and racism that he was calling out um, across sections of the media and social media beforehand, and maybe p- push his family into trying to to have a reaction. But um, yeah, I mean, we are where we are, aren't we? Uh, is this going to be the final final part of it? I mean, I don't know. I think I think we'll see something that we'll see another Netflix series, what Harry and Meghan did next. And then God knows. But it, it our people people are probably going to get a bit tired of it. I mean the, the royal family are weary of, of of this whole episode. But I think after this, people are going to say, Let sleeping dogs lie now. You have completely said your piece. I don't think the royals will respond. It'd be very interesting to see if there are responses, but uh, one would one would imagine there will be a, a, a bit of a, a bit of a period of, of um, quietness. I also, I think for me, I've started seeing kind of obviously just looking at social media, which I completely appreciate is very much an echo chamber and is not the most reliable place to look. However, for me, I've seen a real shift in the comments, changing it of people saying what is left to say and i don't know just where it where this is coming so soon after the netflix show i don't know maybe if it would have been better if they'd have waited till the you know like even march or something just to give it a few weeks for people to kind of get them out of their brains but people you know that obviously the series came out 
at the end of December, I think people would have watched it over Christmas if, you know, like the the loser royal fans like us that watched it all within the first six hours of it launching are different. But I think kind of more normal viewers would have watched it perhaps over Christmas. And then again, there's another thing of it. And it's, it's a lot of royal, it's a lot of royal and a lot of Prince Harry for even people who are big royal fans, let alone mm. anyone else. But we shall see. Yeah, no, uh, I think you're right. I think that if they'd give it, if there'd been a period of time and a bit of a reflection about everything that's happened over the last, you know, since the Queen died, uh, would it have been different? It all seems a bit fire and brimstone when the family is still trying to get over the the death yeah. of the matriarch of the family. So I don't think I don't think that will um, weigh in his favour. But uh, anyway, we will come back to it. There's going to be plenty to talk about next week, no doubt. Yes, of course. We will have all the latest view on next week's programme as well. But quickly moving on, kind of sticking with Meghan and Harry and sticking with Netflix. Um, have you watched Live to Lead yet? Or is that still, have you kind of been covered, uh, stuck with stuff over Christmas? No, I mean, I, I'm i not um, rushing to watch it. Um, I, do you know what? I'm... I, I don't want to give them a kick in all the time, but I would have really, I would have watched that on Netflix if it wasn't them fronting it. And I think very interestingly today that uh, Nelson Mandela's granddaughter has come out and said that she, it's deeply upsetting and tedious for Prince Harry and Meghan to draw pe- in people and make millions. That's a quote by using the former South African president's name, because obviously we know that this project was sort of in the pipelines with the Nelson Mandela Foundation. Then it got a deal with Netflix and they brought Harry and Meghan in to front it. I mean, very interestingly, she is saying that um, she doesn't she doesn't even believe that Harry and Meghan had, had properly met her uh, her grandfather. And, uh, and the fact she just thinks they're just using... You know, I'll read you this quote. It says, I know the Nelson Mandela Foundation has supported the initiative, but people have stolen grandfather's quotes for years and have used his legacy because they know his name sells. Harry and Meghan are no different from them. And then she basically goes on to say she applauds them for leaving uh, an institution that they're in unhappy in, railing against the the establishment, as it were, as her um, her grandfather spent his life doing. Um, but she said, you, you have to fund your own life. You have to get on with things. And, and you can't just be stuck in the moment of bemoaning a life and, uh, and trying to piggyback on the others, on others work. And we had, and, and this had been mentioned last week, whenever we saw this live to lead, it came out, um, and everyone was a bit like, oh, well, that's interesting. And then again, scratch the surface. It had already been, um, sorted out with Netflix and they've been brought in to, to market it, but. I don't know. I pro- I'll probably give it a miss for for now and uh, give myself a few months off the off the Harry and Meghan train. I'm the complete opposite of you um, in terms of this because I'll be honest, it's probably not something I would have watched. Um, I won't lie. I'm very much a kind of Emily in Paris esque Netflix viewer. Nothing that's, wrong with that. Nothing that's more that. what my algorithm throws at me when I log on. However, I did watch it because obviously of Meghan and Harry. I will say they are. I thought I knew that they wouldn't be very involved in it, but I thought they would be more. Literally, it is the first kind of they probably say two lines each at the start, and then that is it, and they are not part of it at all. They are. So you have watched it. I've watched the first half. half. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's what I mean in terms of they have absolutely they have so little to do with it. When it said they'd narrate it, I thought they'd narrate the whole thing, but they literally just say this is the person we're going to talk about in this episode. They did this amazing thing. 
and then it goes to the actual journalist who's done the interviews and has obviously put all the work in and really worked hard on it and it cuts to them but so for me it kind of did the job in terms of I watched something I wouldn't have done I learned I learned more about these people Mm. you know for that so however much I kind of hate to admit to falling to you know kind of a Netflix campaigning advertising scheme it did work for me and it made me watch something that made me more aware of I've heard of all these people you know and I know what they do but to see the interviews with them I did find very interesting but I understand the point of kind of why she's upset in terms of how they weren't they were even less involved than I thought they were going to be interesting very interesting yeah I think there's some people that make them watch it for others it'll turn them off Netflix are obviously uh need to get their money's worth out of them because they paid them an awful lot of money just for a six-parter and um and yeah, by getting into front things like this, I suppose it's a bit of a no-brainer for Netflix because they're, they're pulling the punters in, aren't they? Now, so let's kind of look back then to a bit of Royal Christmas uh, because that was obviously a big event. We had all the royals together, as expected. They were out in force uh, in Sandringham. They did their... It felt like it felt lovely in terms of it felt like we kind of went back to pre-COVID back time. Back a simpler time. Exactly. It was like nice. In our yep. bedrooms, you know, everybody got along. The Queen was with us. You know, everything looked rosy and then COVID hit. Exactly. What, and it what felt like going back to that time. They were all out. Obviously, Charles and Camilla had led the royals in before, you know, like in terms of the walk, in terms yes. of the Queen was off, but obviously doing it in a very different role this time. Um, Louis was there, made his kind of first Christmas appearance, was very well behaved. Um, he looked a kind of, I'd say, a bit like almost... He looked, I think, the most shy we've ever seen him. Um, but he did still have that great moment where he was clearly a bit bored and wanted to go back and open some more presents and was kind of pulling his mum's arm as they walked off, which was very cute. Um, I was very surprised to see Prince Andrew there. Well, I was. Uh, do you know what? Him even talking to the, uh, stopping to talk to the the, the, the the royal fans, the punters who had queued up, telling them to, Asking them if their feet were cold and then giving them a tip about wearing, standing on newspaper. Did you see this? I don't think I missed that one. <laughs> right. So he, he walks up to this couple who are standing. They said, look, your feet cold. And they've obviously been standing there for hours. I mean, I've been standing on Christmas Day and it's, it's a nice, nice group of people. Very um, good atmosphere. But it's, it is freezing. And we've had a real cold snap here in the UK. Nothing to nothing like they've had in the States. Yeah, so, so we, we can't complain about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've, we've had to put the heating on for another yeah. degree or so. But um, yeah, so he said, walked up to me, says, are your feet cold? And they said, oh, freezing. He said, well, you know what you want to do? You want to you wanna stand on some newspaper. Wear double socks and stand on some newspaper. That'll do the trick. And then just sort of sauntered off. I thought, this man is on another planet. It's, it's very strange because it, it felt like, you know, he obviously has kind of stepped back and obviously since the Queen's passing and the funeral and things, we haven't really seen him at all. But so to go, if he wanted to go to the church service, that's one thing. But to do the kind of walkabout side of it as well and the chatting to fans is just a different level of it. It, it felt very odd. Um, but we didn't see Fergie there, even though we, you know, she we, we understand she was invited to Chris, you know, she was at the celebrations, but she didn't do the church walk. No, I mean... You could have imagined. She'd probably be turning on. Have you ever seen that that video of her going through the airport on a, oh, suit, yeah. on a suitcase? It's one of my favourite. Really, God knows. Um, 
No, inter- I mean, it, listen, it, it felt like a, a proper family event, which I think was, was very nice. Um, of course, there was the, the question of why Prince Andrew was there. It was nice to break it up with the, the Cambridge children. Have we got to the bottom of why Louis was wearing shorts? That's just, is that just it's a thing? Just, it's, it's a posh people thing. Apparently, in kind of, in kind of, kind of upper class circles, boys wear trousers are seen as something for adults. I would like to point out that I wrote about this the other day and I don't just have this knowledge off the top of my head. Right. I was going to say, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not you're, something you're that's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not a forcey family tradition. Don't worry. So, uh, trousers are seen as something for older boys and adults. So all boys are meant to, for formal occasions, wear shorts up until the age of eight, which is why kind of when they're page boys and all kind of occasions like this traditionally. And that is why George got to wear trousers, because at the the age of nine, he's now seen as older. So there you go. Okay. So you have to wear a tie then. You have to wear a tie. Yeah, you go one, yeah, shorts to full on suit is the kind of difference of it. But. Kay also looked lovely. She was wearing an Alexandra McQueen kind of green coat, uh, which she last saw uh, when she was out and about at an event in Bradford just after Harry and Meghan announced they were stepping down. So obviously lots of people on social media were kind of making, you know, wondering things about that as they always do. Um, she had a lovely hat on, which had a, the feather in, which I love when she does that kind Very, of thing. Is that like Robin Hood? Yeah, there, there we go. Sure, that's the look she was going for. I'm sure her stylist would be <laughs> delighted by that uh feedback from you and she had some lovely earrings on from a french brand that i'm going to embarrass myself now when i try and pronounce is it shazane um and we uh it's been reported that they were actually a, a nice christmas present from prince william um which will be which is really lovely they're really kind of were dangly they, dangly they were they heist they're not terribly expensive i think they're still around the 100 quid mark i don't think okay. we're in just that's that's that sort of christmas that's a big Chris, Christmas, Christmas gift. Present prime. Vibes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Which was really lovely. And they went with the outfit, Mary. Very well. Which well, nice. I, bet not, the, I bet not I have missed my say that because I didn't spend 100 quid on <laughs> So I had to just blow yeah, they, myself out of the water. They were a tenner. They were only a tenner. Yeah, it's their right bargain. It's completely yeah. fine. Um, and I've also read a report, and I don't know if this is true or not. And I was wondering if you had heard anything or if you were just in the mystery as me. Did King Charles get some yellow crocs for Christmas? I've seen this story. I mean, I thought it was absolutely <laughs> hilarious because uh, it was um, when he was... I mean, this yellow Crocs thing came about when he met David Hockney. And this was in November, I think, wasn't it? And he, the, David Hockney, the celebrated British artist, was uh, at the Order of Merit lunch at Buckingham Palace, if I remember correctly. And uh, and he had this amazing sort of check suit on, check tie, and it came in wearing yellow Crocs and... Uh, and Charles said, "Your yellow galoshes, which is uh, again, I hadn't heard, I hadn't heard that word before, but it's like sort of, it's rubber boots. But yeah, galoshes are the kind of big that you put them over. And I'm, just, go, I'm, just, yeah. I'm just so common, you know. I, <laughs> I, I, I had no idea. And he's beautifully chosen. I remember him saying that to uh, to David Hockney. And there was yeah, some rumours that he bought someone a pair of yellow Crocs, perhaps." I mean, we've had a few. What 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 the other ones had in previous years? A, a cushioned toilet seat. There was Princess Anne was rumored to have bought him. Okay. A blow up your a grow your own girlfriend. Grow your own girlfriend. There was the washing up gloves. I think. I think that was was that Princess. It was either the Queen or Princess Margaret. I think was involved in that one. But yeah, some of the bling washing up gloves you get. Brilliant, brilliant. But no, so, that uh, so no, I, I can't, I can't confirm or deny such reports. <laughs> But hopefully it is true, and it's nice to see that they're kind of carrying on the the 
jokey present tradition, hopefully, because we all know that's that's one of the, the my favourite yes. stories about the royals yes. every Christmas. Now, obviously, the other big royal moment of Christmas was Charles's first King's speech, uh, which obviously on the same time as the Queen's speech used to be. Uh, but Russell and I, we were both wrong with our predictions. I don't know if you remember, but we were kind of trying to figure out which pictures he'd have on the desk. But he actually went completely, completely off-piste and did it in... <sighs> St. George's Chapel, he did it kind of standing in front of the pews uh, with a beautiful Christmas tree in the background. And that's obviously just metres away from his uh, mother's final resting place, which I thought was actually a really nice, a really nice touch. Loads of people would have been pouring over the photographs used, the desk, where did he choose to do it, at Windsor Castle or at Buckingham Palace. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, standing in the choir of St. George's Chapel, just yards from his mother's final resting place, I thought was a was a very nice touch and something. The Queen apparently had stood before. I think back in the seventies, she'd stood. Uh, there was a couple of instances. Um, somebody will probably tweet me now saying that uh, it wasn't the seventies. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. No, I have. I have seen this that the Queen did stand before on occasion. Didn't always sit behind a desk. Um, and so, yeah, I think it got away with the the whole sort of traditional element of it. And no doubt that he may return to that next year, but it was sort of a different way. It was a different way of doing it. But very interestingly, straight off the bat, talking about selfless dedication of NHS workers, armed forces, sympathising with people struggling with the cost of living crisis, um, speaking about great anxiety of hardship, faced by many trying to pay their bills, keep their families fed and warm. And this is this is what many people are going through at the moment. Which again, by not bringing this into Harry and Meghan, but I think that's why they're sort of losing the, the the argument a little bit because everybody is feeling the pinch. It is a very difficult period for a lot of people. Um, and by speaking about selflessness, thanking the public for love and sympathy being expressed through the cards and messages um, since the Queen's passing, and. Again, speaking about faith, I mean, obviously faith is a central part of his identity, um, but showing that all faiths are important, and he's shown this throughout the you know, the decades of being Prince of Wales, and I think it'll be no, no different. We saw the representation of many faiths at the Queen's funeral. I imagine we'll see it in the same with the coronation as well. And interestingly enough, the, the main coronation details are being signed up in the next few weeks. So I think we might see a little bit of uh, you know, information coming out of uh, of what the King's coronation is going to look like. And that will be very interesting as well. well we, we've very covered exciting. this before. We've covered this before, but shorter than the Queen's, more involvement of multi-faith, less costume changes, still going to have a big crown and still going to have a gold coat. That's there my bets at the moment. <laughs> That's really interesting because I think with other royal events, we kind of know a bit, with all the royal weddings, we kind of know what to expect because we had, you know, we had even down to like, you know, we had Kate's and we had Megan's and we had Janie's. Like we kind of knew this is the general structure it's going to be. And even with the funeral, because we'd had the details of it leaked before, um, and also we had Prince Philip's the year prior to the Queen's, we kind of knew a rough structure of what things might look like. But this is, completely you know completely going to be new information so it'd be really interesting to see how it works actually and um, obviously in the king's speech he uh, incorporated clips of 
the other senior members of the family kind of doing work uh, from the previous year. He There was clips of uh, Queen Camilla in there. Uh, we had Kate, William, Edward, Sophie and Anne. And lots of people uh, sort of kind of messaging us asking why Meghan and Harry weren't in this and wondering if it was a, a dig at them. But I really don't think it was because they're not working royals. It's, you know, like they had... This wasn't a. This wasn't just family photos. This was them talking about work they'd done, wasn't it? And I don't think it was anything. Yeah. They never would have just had a random picture of Harry and Meghan, you know, popping no. to the shops in the US. In there, it's very. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 interesting how we've spoken about William and Kate because it, I'm talking to actually someone who's who's covered an awful more uh, monarch speeches than I have, and say that it's it's quite rare for them to mention um, members of the family. Uh, and I said that our, our, my argument was I thought that they would mention William and Kate. And by saying that he was really pleased about the work that they have been doing, um, sort of sets it up. And this this is more of a team affair. It has to be. There's there's a lot less people, less than few, lot fewer people at the uh, at the table now, isn't it? So it it has to be more collegiate. It has to be a period of unity for the family. Um, and I think it sets it up into 2023. It will be interesting to see what jobs are coming up soon, what engagements, what tours, who's going to go away before the coronation. Is anybody going to go away beforehand? Um, just have to wait and see. There's nothing I can sh- shed a light on at the moment. It's purely speculative because they've had an extended break. And uh, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. Now, Apart from the obvious thing we've got coming up next week, uh, which is going to keep us nice and busy, we've also got Princess Kate's birthday, uh, which obviously falls just around not a great day in terms of it's obviously just in the middle of all the book stuff. Um, When I think it was her, it was her 40th birthday that was something else was around that time. I can't remember what it was. It wasn't the... Well, Andrew's, all the Andrew's stuff was coming oh, off the last Andrew's year, birthday, it? So, that was it. Um, no, 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 it's not his birthday. It's not his birthday. He's uh, being summoned to, to court to, yes. to to fight the civil trial. So, um, yeah, I mean, poor old Kate. Um, yeah, and the year, yeah, and 2020 enough, enough. was two days after Meghan and Harry said they were going to quit. It always yes. just seemed to get a bit overshadowed, oh, actually. Yeah, I've never really yeah. thought about that. Paul Kate, so it's another quiet another, day. Another big, another big birthday coming up I'll soon, soon after Kate's. Uh, obviously, the Countess of Wessex and uh, <coughs> me as well, and me as well. I remember when Sophie Wessex's birthday is now because it's the same day as yours and you've mentioned it once or twice. I haven't. I haven't, <laughs> so... I haven't mentioned it. <laughs> now, obviously, that's enough to keep us busy next week and enough royal news, I think, for everyone. But is there anything else big coming up next week? No. In a word, because uh, <laughs> they still aren't back to normal. I think I think there has been maybe some planning not to not to you know be out and about whilst this book is going on. I mean, I would have expected the royals to be back at work by now, and they're not. So maybe maybe there will be a few things next week. Um, maybe they're betting down the hatches. I can't tell you to be honest. Buckingham Palace are saying nelt to do with the book, to do with the pro rows. Um, I mean, I had a bit of a kickback from people I was speaking to during the week saying, you know, all this whole notion of the fact that there's been no willingness to reconcile is nonsense because um, Meghan and Harry were invited to Christmas, open invitation, and last year the King invited them to to stay with him when in the UK. But listen, there's going to be plenty more to talk about next week. I reckon there's going to be more promos um, out this week for ITV and CBS. 
probably a couple before Sunday. And then we've got the Sunday uh, interviews and then Tuesday book. So you might be hearing from us more than once. You never know. Who knows? <laughs> Lovely. Well, do let us know what you think about the interviews uh, and the book once you've read it. As always, uh, we are on social at Podsave on Twitter and Instagram. And good luck with the next few days at Russell. You too. You too. And until next time. Podsave the King!